Too much, David. Uh, late night with the Heat Check podcast. This is uh, kind of different than what we're used to. Yeah, we haven't done. It reminds me of uh, the finals, the, right? The final bubbles. Yeah. We were recording at like two in the morning because those games are at nine, nine yeah. p.m. every night. Uh, we're, we're recording this after midnight. Uh, Heat has just won Game Two in, in a very convincing fashion. I thought. Um, kind of. I, I missed pretty much the entire first half because I was at uh, an F one thing. Uh, during the day and was driving back home uh, from Miami Gardens. You guys all know how that uh, early evening traffic can be on I-95. Uh, but, you know, kind of up double digits, like basically the entire second half. Um, every time the Sixers kind of put together a little push, the Heat had an answer. Uh, Bam was fantastic. Jimmy was awesome. Uh, 20, what was it, 23 and, te- and 12, I think, for him tonight. 22 uh, and 12. 22 yeah. and 12 for him. Um, obviously, still no Kyle Lowry, still no Joe LMB. To me, the biggest takeaway from the first couple of games of this series is, um, you know, as soon as Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid, we found out he wasn't going to play the first couple of games. I think the everyone was in the series, but they had to they had to do what they did here in Miami. They had to kind of. They had to be up 2-0 or, or you were going to give the Sixers a little bit of life. Uh, now they go to game three in, in Philly on Friday with a, a real chance to kind of step on their throats. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, the Heat have just taken care of business, right? Like, this yeah. is what they're supposed to do. And it's I mean, not, I mean not, nothing spec, you know, too convincing, yeah. solid wins. Nothing no. spectacular. Yeah, nothing spectacular. Tyler Hero in game right. one, 23 from Bam in game two. Jimmy, solid both games. Strews hitting threes. It's been the the kind of a just grind it out. Yeah, and you know I think the hope for Philly was that James Harden could like turn back the clock yeah. and maybe you know go vintage James Harden and steal one of these games. Um, but look, he just hasn't looked like the James Harden of old at all. You know, like he are doing a really good job at containing. He's invisible in these games. Like yeah, it's like he took 15 shots tonight. I think the last game he took like 13 or 12 shots. Like that's not enough. When you don't have Joe Embiid, I know the Heat are making it tough on him. They're trying to get the ball out of his hands. They're picking him up a full court. They're sending, you know, they're basically, basically treating him like Trey Young, um, and it's working. I mean, PJ Tucker is picking him up full court. Like that's that's tough on James Harden. Plus, when he gets down there, he has not only PJ on him, but you know, every Heat defender all eyes on him, trying to cut off his drives. Um, he's settling for step back threes. He finished with nine assists tonight, so he's obviously trying to facilitate since the Heat are trying to take him away. Um, but without Joe Embiid, he needs to go off for 30. Like, yeah. it's kind of like cliche, but he needs to have a 30-point dominant game for them to win um, without Joel. So they've done a really good job on James. Tyrese Maxey went off a little bit. because Maxey's awesome. I love that guy. Maxey's good, and he's, you know, like – He's their best player. Yeah, he, and he's fast. He's so quick. Like, I think he's really taking advantage of the Heat doubling uh, – James and then James finds him and you know when they closing out to Maxi just drives right past the defender, um, so that's been an effective weapon for Philly. And to be honest, like I don't know what the what they what they they shot in the paint twenty seven to forty four tonight. They they outscored the fifty four to forty two. Philly shot uh, eleven of forty on non paint shots tonight, which is like twenty seven percent or something. Like they, if they would just hit a few perimeter shots, this would have been a close game. 
Yeah. Um, but they just could not hit outside shots tonight. And really, for the first two games of the series, they've had a lot of trouble shooting. And, you know, that was one of the criticisms of this roster when they made the trade for James Harden. They gave up a lot of shooting in that deal mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, losing Seth Curry. Um, so, yeah, I think we're kind of seeing the flaws of this Philly team. But it's hard to blame them. I mean, they're missing their best yeah. player, the po- potential MVP of the NBA. So, um, they did what they're supposed to do. They're in a really good position. I think they're 18 and 0 all time when leading a series 2 0. Um, so they're, you know, they aren't trying, you know, anything could happen, obviously, but yeah. They're in there a was very a point where it'd be kind of stunning if they don't win this series. Yeah. The way right. this looked, the way we know Joel's probably yeah. unlikely for game three, um, or at least whenever he comes back, it's, you know, he's coming off a concussion. That's not easy. Um, he's got to probably be wearing some kind of mask, I would guess. I don't know for sure. For sure. But, Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's uh, the Heater in as good a position, obviously, as you could ask for after two games. And, um, and, and by the way, Kyle Lowry hasn't played yet. And like, Kyle yeah, Lowry, I know Joel is yeah, more so valuable. Like Joel is more valuable, but, but like, yeah. Yeah, Kyle is pretty important. third or fourth most valuable player, too. Right. And he, you know, I, I've heard that there's some optimism, optimism he will return as well soon in this series. But you have to think, like, the more that he keeps winning without him, like, maybe you just give him more time because yeah. hamstrings are tricky. So I wonder if that plays a role and kind of the decision process of whether you bring them back or not. I'm guessing if they were down 0-2 or if it was tied 1-1 right now, there might be yeah. some, no more urgency. But who knows? Maybe the Heat say we can sit them out for one more game and give them a few more days to rest and just keep keep trying to push it back as far as they can just to make sure he's 100%. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back. Uh, Kyle's back at some point soon as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the two, going back to the Harden thing, you know, there kind of been two stories to me. Other, other than the Embiid injury, obviously, that's like the story, I think, of this series right now, right? It. it as soon as that happened, the Heat becomes giant favorites. They've done with it. Like, this is what was supposed to happen. Um, one one of the big stories has been Tyler Hero and Bam being awesome, I think, in, in the first two games after, I think, Bam averaged, like, 12 points a game in the first round, and Tyler had, had the one 25-point game, but otherwise it was kind of quiet. Um, but, the, you know, Joel, or James Harden has been, straight up, he's been the Sixers' third-best player in this series. And, like, if... Even if they had James Harden, or even if they had Joel Embiid, if you had told me that James Harden was only going to be the Sixers' third best player in a series, I would say the Heat roll. And the fact that he is Maxi has outplayed him, and Tobias Harris, who was incredible in Game One, has outplayed him too. Is you know the Sixers can't win like that, um, and that is like you said, the flaws of this roster exposed. They don't have after it's a pretty big drop off talent wise, especially offensive talent wise after those. Three guys, uh, you know, Thibel is is a good player, but uh, an offensive zero point liability. zero points tonight, zero shots. Yeah. Thibel, so. an, an offensive liability, and they started DeAndre Jordan twice in uh, 2022. I'm not one to criticize NBA coaches because they know more basketball than I'll ever know, but I do not get that move. I do not understand starting DeAndre. I mean, Jordan. they don't really have another center. I mean, I guess Millsap is and J- Gorgie Jang plays in center. Paul Reed, they love B-ball Paul up in Philly. But if I'm the Sixers, like, look, you're huge underdogs in these two games without Joel. You're not supposed to win them. You're eight and a half point dogs in both uh-huh. games. Like, go crazy. Do something. Like, play small. <laughs> you know, like Jordan, yeah. do something like, out of center that might work. Yeah. Like, they've had some success going small in this so far in the first two games. Like. It's actually produced some positive results, like whether it's Yang at center or even Tobias Harris at center or, you know, like just going small has worked a little bit and kind of throwing the heat off and and helping the offense uh, a little, you know, kind of create space for Maxi and Harden. Um, I, I think that's the way, you you know, 
win without Joel in this series, or at least try to win. Yeah, maybe maybe it doesn't work, but try something different. Um, so I, yeah, I just didn't get that move, but I, I understand that he, the Sixers don't really have many options. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, Niang was zero for seven in game one. It's not like they've got yeah. like uh, go Tobias Harris. Go Tobias Harris at center. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just try something different. I, I don't. I just don't think DeAndre Jordan is the answer. Um, yeah. And I I think that's you know. Look, going back to Tyler and Bam, they've taken advantage of the matchup. Yeah, they have. I mean, Bam has dominated in the series. The Sixers don't have a center to they match don't have up a with center. Him. And, and and credit to Bam because we always talk about you know him being aggressive and sometimes yeah. he's not ag- as aggressive as people would want. He's been aggressive at looking for his own shot and attacking the mismatch, and he's played very well, obviously. And then Tyler, even before the series, even before Joel Embiid um, got hurt, but you know especially after the injury news came out. The Sixers play a lot of drop coverage. That's like Tyler eats that alive, mm-hmm. and we've seen that in the series. I mean, just hitting those mid-range shots with you know off the screen where he has a little space and and, and rising up for that shot and three pointers that he's you know be able to find space on. He's this is a great matchup for him, um, yeah. and we've seen both those guys taking advantage you know taking advantage of you know, their their advantage in this series. Yeah, Tyler Hero is climbing, and he he's had it. Year, but he is really climbing the list of the best mid-range shooters in the league. Like it feels like anytime he can get to that, uh, he loves that like kind of dribble. It's a kind of it's an old Iverson move, right? Rude, like dribble from the right side over to the left. Yeah, is it that like step or the fadeaway going toward the uh, left baseline? baseline yeah. Like when he gets that shot, it goes in every time. It feels like he's rising up. I, I think he's like by the end of the playoffs, he could be considered one of. The- you know, not a top five score in the NBA, but top fifteen score in the NBA. I mean, is that crazy? Yeah. Like just pure I mean, score. Uh, he's he's an elite scorer. Um, I love by the by the way, on TNT when he accepted the Sixth Man of the Year award, he was wearing a sweater of him, like a car- cartoon of him blowing a bu- blowing bubbles, and it was a representation of how people call him Bubble Boy. Uh, uh-huh. I think it was just kind of a shot back at those you know who 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 kind of said he was only good because it was in the bubble. Um, I thought that was a a funny, like, subtle shot. Yeah. I didn't catch it live, but I caught it after when someone pointed it out. Yeah. yeah this been, I mean, this series for him, he has been, um, for him and Bam, I, I think, it, and Bam was really good in the first round. You know, he just wasn't scoring a lot, but he was defensively incredible as an all, yeah. Um, Tyler, especially, this, this start to the second round, I think, has been a really nice validation for uh, the season he has had and the career he has had, going back to, like you said, the bubble. Bubble boy kind of stuff where he was obviously, you know, a 37 point game against the Celtics like that. Uh, in a regular like in for most NBA players, that's a signature moment right away. But like you said, the bubble stuff and then the way the heat went out and his second year was just not he didn't follow it up well. And then this year, obviously, the regular season was great. He got off to a slow start in the playoffs. But but seeing him get going in the second round here has been, um, I think, really validating for. Uh, for the for the believers in him, and I I can never remember what we came down on on a Harden uh, Hero trade, but it's kind of like it's really funny that that's what this is coming down to. It's basically yeah, uh, Hero massively outplaying Harden in in round two of the playoffs, and that could send the Heat through to the conference finals. So you wouldn't do that trade today? I would not do that trade today. Which <laughs> is crazy. I don't remember what we said. We've gone. I know we kind of wavered back and forth yeah. all the time, but yeah, it's. It's it, they made the right move. It's crazy because I think earlier this season, like very early this season, we posed that question again. Like once Tyler had gotten off to a hot start, and I think I don't know what I said. 
and not to blame this on you, but I think you said you would do the trade, even like early this season. Yeah. Um, it's insane how much the narrative has changed, not only around Tyler Hero, because last year yeah. the narrative was he doesn't work hard enough, he's interested in the wrong things, he's buying out, you know, his own hype off the court. Um, I never believed any of that stuff. No. I, you know, it was just one of those things where it just wasn't a great year. He was struggling with, you know, staying healthy. It was a weird season for yeah. everybody on the team. Sophomore uh, slump that happened. Sophomore slump. Um, but the narrative has flipped with him. Now he's one of the hardest workers on the team, and, you know, because he's playing really well and he's one of the top scorers. He won six man of the year. Highest usage rate on the team. Maybe most, you know, definitely one of the most important And like you said, this is all stuff that Jimmy Butler has been telling us since the day, yeah. the first day they met. He's just very skilled. He's just, yeah. we've seen it from the start. Like, he's just very skilled offensively. Um, I'm talking the work ethic stuff. Oh, yeah, the work ethic stuff, yeah. Like, the first day we met him, he was talking about that. Yeah, no, that's right. So, it's just crazy how how fast the narrative and how drastic the narrative has kind of shifted uh, with him just in a matter of a year. Because a year ago, the Heat were getting ready to get swept in the playoffs by the Bucs. I was also laughing at the end of the game, the ESPN. I tried to get a picture of it, but couldn't get it in time. ESPN cuts to the bench, and there's Jimmy and, and UD laughing it up on the on the sidelines, and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's how we're a month we're a month removed from a month that. and a half away yeah. from yeah, yeah. Like it's uh, it's it's flipped really fast for the Heat, uh, where you know it's like you said, we don't want to bank on anything yet, but they're two wins away from the conference finals, and you know the next time they play at FTX Arena could be a uh, game one of the conference finals. I think they've they've lost one game since that since they like um since they made that lineup change with Max Struess uh in the starting lineup. Other than like they lost two games, but one of them was the regular season finale when nobody played. Right. Other than that, their only loss with that this new starting lineup and rotation is that Hawks game three, which they're up by fourteen in the fourth quarter and kinda of blew it. Um but that's I mean you look back at the run they've had over the past like three or four weeks. Um, with this you know, new starting lineup and new bench rotation, it's kind of crazy how much success they found you know, so quickly with this new alignment. Yeah, that's a good place, I think, to, uh, to pivot here um, and talk a little bit about the rotation where, well, I guess you know, one of the things that – another thing that has struck me from the series, we saw Duncan Robinson for the first time in this series with a minute left in the fourth yeah. quarter. Garbage time. Omar Yurtsevin got into the series before Duncan, and Duncan is what the fourth highest paid player on the team. Is that right? I think I so. Think. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and was a starter for seventy five games, or yeah, I don't remember if he played every single game, but basically, yeah. like you said, until the last two weeks of the season, essentially, uh, did not see this one coming. No, uh, the playoffs have gone on. It has. Um, gone that way, and we all, you know we know that just because Duncan Robinson is out of the rotation now doesn't mean in uh, you know if they play the Celtics in the conference finals and they need some more shooting to counter that great Celtics defense that they might need Duncan. But um, pretty pretty stunning to see, and, I, and again it's like it's hard to argue against it, right? The way that Shrews has played. Uh, the way you know Victor Oladipo was was really good again today. He's he's looked great now, basically since he's he's gotten since I've got, really getting back to that regular season or the we said the second to last game of the regular season he was good. So every time we've seen him since he's looked more than capable. Um, 
you know, feels like they're riding the hot hands a little bit. But uh, what, what have you thought about the the rotation changes they have made? Like you said, not just dating back to the end of the regular season when they went with Shrews, but the series, yeah, made the series, yeah. I, I've been surprised. I mean, I've been one to say even after Duncan was pulled from the starting lineup that I thought he would be a consistent member of the rotation just because they needed shooting and they've really tried to emphasize offensive spacing around Jimmy and Bam. Um, and Duncan obviously gives them that. And considering, you know, he started the playoffs by making eight threes um, and really hasn't done it. I don't know if, I don't know how many threes he's made since that game, maybe one or two. Um, things have changed very fast for Duncan. And, you know, I, I kind of understand it. doesn't mean, it, like I said, I, I am surprised. I kind of understand this because Victor has played well. I mean, he played well in those two games against Atlanta. Um, three for four from three today, too. Which is- three for four from three. I mean, when he's hitting his uh, – to me, this is what I uh, – this is why what I think the Heat are trying to do. I mean, they don't – like, you look at the rotation of throwing out there, there are no defensive liabilities. Like, there's yeah. nobody – I mean, I guess Tyler Hero, teams can pick on Max Strews which I think Max is actually a solid defender. We've talked yeah. about this. I don't think he's a liability defensively. He's not. Um, I forget Tyler's the only one. But even Tyler, like, he's gotten better. You know, he's limited physically against, against certain guys. But for the most part, he could hold his own against you know, a lot of guards. Um, so I, I think they're really trying to go all in with defense, you know, and hoping that Victor Depot can go three or four some, guy, some days, you know, from three. Um yeah, I mean, they won Morton. game one, even though they only went nine of thirty-eight from. Yeah, start. And, and and honestly, I, that that game, I there were some groupings where it was like Butler, Oladipo, Martin, Bam, and like Gabe Vincent. The offensive spacing wasn't great. Like there were yeah. a lot of times where I mean, the offense was shaky that game. In game one, the offense was not very good. They won because of an incredible defensive performance. Did it mm-hmm. tonight? The offense was good, um, but spacing is an issue. So I don't know if it's the matchup. Or maybe because Kyle's out, they feel like they need another ball handler. Maybe Victor gives them that. Um, maybe against Boston, Duncan does play because they need more outside shooting, you know, against that defense. Yeah. I, I don't know. But right now, this is working. Victor has looked really good off the bench. Um, he guarded James Harden really well tonight um, in stretches when PJ wasn't on the court. Uh, you know, that's kind of what we that's what we talked about with Victor, about Victor David like a month or two ago when he returned. Like, he could be this guy, this two-way right. player that you could turn to to close games, another option for the Heat. And he's, credit to him, he's turned into that. I didn't think, you know, a month ago when he wasn't playing, I thought, you know, they tried it, it didn't work, he's out of the rotation. But it looks like he's going to, you know, or it doesn't look like it. He is a, he might be an important player for them. Um yeah, I'll be really curious to see what happens to his minutes when um, Boston Lattery gets back. With that, yeah. Because, um, you know, that's like you said, he, part of his role is he's kind of the backup point guard, essentially. Um, but at the same time, he played 29 minutes tonight. Like, Kyle, Kyle, that's probably about what Kyle Lowry will play, I would guess, when he gets back for at least that first game. But it's not like they're not just going to swap that out, I can't imagine. Like, Vic is going to stay on the court until um, he gives him a reason not to be on the court. And it's hard to imagine right now. Like, it's not like, you know, it's not like it's a um, Jay Crowder thing, like in the bubble, right, where it was just like he was shooting out of his mind. It was like you can't take him off the court. Like, Victor, other than the shooting, like he's, you said, has been good. But other than that, like, he has a track record. He's not going to, like, turn into a pumpkin here. He's He's who he is at this point. 
Yeah, and I think more than anything, again, his defense is yeah, exactly. pivotal. Um, the Heat have, you know, in that bubble run, there were guys teams could pick on. It was Tyler Hero as a rookie defensively. It was Duncan Robinson. Yeah. It was, at some points, Kelly Olynyk. It was Kendrick Nunn. Um, there were guys, you know, teams could pick on def- with their defense. And right now, the Heat don't really have that, again, other than Tyler Hero. Um, so I, I think that's, a, like, the Heat are trying to address that and, and maybe put out, you know, better defenders uh, where teams can't hunt mismatches. Um, and that's why their defense has been great in the playoffs. I think second best behind Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it continues to evolve and Duncan does get playing time in the next, you know, if the Heat move on in the next series based on a matchup. Um, but maybe not. Maybe this is what they go with. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when Kyle returns, like whose minutes get cut because Gabe and Victor aren't each going to play 28 minutes when Kyle's back. Yeah. Um, one of them, one of their minutes didn't go down dramatically. Uh, and it'll be interesting, interesting to see uh, what happens. I mean, I guess it could be Kayla Martin who played 13 minutes tonight, but how many guards are you going to play? Are you going to play Gabe, Tyler, Victor, and Kyle big minutes? I, I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah. So they might have to pick three of those four, and one you know might not play or will play limited minutes. Yeah. I Going back to Duncan real quick and, and the heart, you know, the harden of it all is, is I think that's a really tough matchup for Duncan, right? That is like – those are the kind of guys that Harden just abuses, right? Guys with slower feet. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, like we've said a million times, Harden fouls a lot. I mean, Duncan fouls, fouls a, lot. a lot. Yes, that was yeah. the next point I was going to make. Uh, that is one of, you know, impatient defenders with, with slow feet are the guys that uh, James Harden traditionally roasts with that quick first step in his knack for drawing fouls. Now, maybe this version of James Harden wouldn't be able to pick on Duncan Robinson to that degree, but... Again, it hasn't mattered because he are just a wealth of options and are, are look just fine without Duncan. And Duncan, again, he's been just too streaky of a shooter to, you know, it, it's that's with Tyler. Obviously, you just know what you're going to get on offense. You know he's going to be. A, it's impossible for him to really like hurt you in a game at this point because he's a consistent enough offensive player. Um, Struess. Kind of hard for him to hurt you in a game because he's got that baseline, like he's going to be a net zero defensive yeah. impact. He's and then yeah. offense, like he's going to give you something, even if he's not making shots to spacing. Duncan, if he's not making shots and he's not defending, he is useless, basically. Yeah. And there have been too many nights this year where he just hasn't made shots. It's kind of like simple math. Um, but, again, was if and when they play – a team like the Bucks or the Celtics in the next round, and the shots will just be a little bit hard. You know, those are the two, other than the Heat, probably the two best defenses in the NBA right now. Um, shots get harder. You want a guy with some of that limitless range. And, and Duncan, again, he'll have a moment assuming the Heat move on. I'm sure about it. Yeah, I agree. I tend to agree. I think against those teams, um, Duncan will have a role because – they're gonna need that extra space with those two defenses. Um, obviously, two of the best defenses in the NBA, especially yeah. Boston, Philly without Joel Embiid, not very good defensively, mm-hmm. as you know we've seen. Um, so, so and offense has been, you know, I, I've always said if the Heat are gonna be eliminated in the playoffs, it's gonna be because of the offense. Yeah, their defense is great. We know that it's not a surprise. Their defense is gonna to continue to be great, but. You know, tonight the half court offense was very good, 
I think I, I tweeted that they're now 27, I think, in uh, 27 and one this season when finishing with a half court offensive rating of a of better than 105 points uh, per 100 plays. That's kind of confusing, but basically when their half court offense is good, they they win because their yeah. defense is always consistent. It just hasn't been that for most of the playoffs. I mean, I, I think this is their first time reaching that mark since the first game of the playoffs in the half court. Um, so their half court offense has kind of been pretty shaky for most of the postseason, but they've been uh-huh. winning despite it because their defense has been spectacular. Um, so I, they still have, they still have things they need to solve offensively, and it's going to become even more important if they move on and face a defense like Boston and Milwaukee. That's really going to be the test to see if you know they could win despite their struggles um, in that area. Oh, I said uh, you got in before Duncan. I didn't realize Haywood Highsmith also got in before. Uh, <laughs> to, to be to be honest, like game one, I don't think Duncan played, and I think oh, Yurt Seven did. Uh, did your playing game one? I believe so. Oh, yeah, but five minutes. So I'm a little surprised that he even put Duncan in in that spot yeah. because you know it's kind of like I don't know. I do not remember those Yurt minutes at all, by the way. Yeah, I, I remember them vaguely. I was on deadline. I didn't really watch those minutes that much, yeah. but I did see he was in and had like a few baskets. So yeah, he did. Um, that's a, three for four, actually. Yeah, yeah. you're getting important playoff minutes. Yeah, this this team is just so deep. I mean, well, yeah. So that was actually when you were yeah. listing off those guys in the bubble a couple of minutes ago. Like the just marginal. Obviously, they've made massive upgrades since then, right? You get Kyle Lowry. That's right. huge. Um, just the marginal upgrades they've made across the roster, like. Going from Kelly Olenek to it's not a, like a one for one, but, but yeah, or I'm not not even dead man. I'm thinking like PJ Tucker, right? Kelly Olenek was a starting power forward for a lot of that year. Um, you go from like Kendrick Nunn, who was obviously really good that year in the regular season, to Gabe Vincent, who actually was on that team, right? I think, yeah. but uh, yeah. he was. was he had like a random like good game out on the West Coast, if I remember correctly, that year. He wasn't eligible to be in the, to play in the playoffs because he was on a two way deal, but he was with the team in the bubble. Yeah, so you know you had just that's been an upgrade ultimately yeah. from what what Kendrick Nunn was in the playoffs then to what Gabe Vincent is now. Um, and then you Max, just the marginal upgrades they've made across the roster. Yeah. That's been really the story of the franchise, honestly, for the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, you're seeing it now. Like, they're winning without Kyle Lowry, obviously. Massive caveat with with the Joel Embiid thing. But, like, it's a reminder that as big as, like, getting a a move like Kyle Lowry was and, you know, just the marginal, the smaller moves they have made have have really added up. And, again, like, Duncan Robinson is the fourth highest paid player on the team and he's not – playing in this series and that only works when you nail like the Max Struess move, the Gabe Vincent move. Yeah. Their depth yeah. Is, is insane. Yeah, I mean they have two undrafted players starting right now. And Max Struess and Gabe Vincent who were two way contract players last season. They're starting yeah. playoff games and contributing positive minutes. And they have another one, Caleb Martin, who was not on a team in like a month like a couple I, weeks I, before camp. I do not understand <laughs> how they got him on a two way like I'm baffled by that. I've been baffled he was good last year. I don't from what he told me, the only other offer he had was Portland. That's it. It's crazy. Maybe he was. Maybe I'm mixing him up. Maybe I just like conflate him and Cody. Cody. Yeah. Um, but I remember Caleb being good whenever I watched him last year. I'm surprised too. I mean, you would think this 
the you know you look around the league at different players around teams you're like there's not a place for Caleb somewhere like even if it's you know a minimum deal you know like just the fact that they settle for a two way contract but any like he's playing minutes for them off the bench Victor Ladipo who again a couple months ago wasn't even playing like he's playing important minutes so it's just you have to credit the front office for finding these guys and then the coaching staff for developing these guys yes. to actual NBA players who can play in the playoffs like that is. Really impressive. By the way, now that we're we were talking about the bubble run, I'm looking at like, do you think this team is a lot better than that team? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, I like, until we like were talking about in this episode, I had not really like thought about them as way better than that team, but I kind of think they are. I mean, Bam and about Jimmy Butler, like, Jimmy was great that playoff run. So was he was. Bam. So that's the thing. Like, it, it, he was out of his mind during that run. Yeah. But Jimmy's season, like, he's the same player, basically, he was you, that yes, year. Yes, I agree. I think they're like, that's a, even Bam. Like, Bam has grown, but like that playoff run, it was some of the best basketball of his career. So I would say that's equal. Jay Crowder, PJ Tucker, that's, a, like, that's pretty even. Like, PJ's been great, but Jay was great that run. Yeah, especially when he was shooting. He, he His shooting felt like he eventually started missing in the finals and. Yeah, it's kind of over, but yeah. Goron and Kyle. Goron again was it was really awesome. good. Yeah. I mean, maybe the depth. Bro. I mean, I'm looking at the roster: Tyler Hero, Andre Godala, Solomon Hill. Yeah, uh, so like Tyler's Kendrick went Nunn. better than he was that yeah. year, but Duncan was ridiculous that year. So it's 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 an interesting uh, comparison. Yeah, it, 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 and Max, yeah, Max Schroes and Duncan kind of a little bit of a wash because Duncan was very good. So yeah, it's I would say this team is better just because like the back end of the rotation. Yeah. Um, when everyone's healthy. But I don't know. It's pretty comparable. It's an interesting, like, it'd be a tight game, I think, between those two teams. It's like yeah. the, the defense Pro- is way better. Like, you, like that yeah. was what stood out. You know, you talk about Goran Dragic and right. like, Goran, Kelly right. Olenek and, like, uh, you know, that, that's a pretty big swing there. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that so much is so much has stayed the same, but also so much has changed. Like, they've really... You know, I I remember talking about the team that year, um, and we've talked about it on this show, just like I kind of hated how much they were like, we want to play our defensive lineups. We want to play a lot of Andre yeah. Iguodala. Um, I was just like, you have shooters. Just it's like pick and choose, yeah. Just One or the other. Go offense and try to outscore teams, but that's not supposed DNA, and you can see the team, and obviously it's not Pat Riley's DNA either, um, and – you can see that they've taken what they had with that team and just kind of, like, reshaped it a little bit by changing up. Again, like, that stars are the same for the most part. You swap Dragic with 
Kyle Lowry as an upgrade as a defensive player, uh, maybe a slight downgrade offensively from what Goran was that year. But then every other piece, it's been like get an offensive guy out, bring in a defensive guy, or a more two-way minded guy rather than just a pure Kendrick Nunn scorer type guy. It's like they've they've really reshaped it, and you know, good coaches adjust, but they also but good GMs adjust a roster for to make the coach make make it work for what the coach does best, especially when the coach is good as. Eric Spolstra. Yeah, like, I don't think that much has changed from those that year. Like, scheme-wise, like, no, I don't think a lot has changed. The pieces for it. They run less zone because they have to. They don't have they to. They don't run. need to. Yeah, they don't, they don't need to because like their defense is really good. Yeah, I mean, that was – you're right. That was the – you know, not to go too much on that team, but, like, that was the criticism with that roster is – Right, they, they had their offensive defense. lineups and their defensive lineups. Yeah, like, it was hard. Like, you couldn't really you, – you didn't have – you couldn't do both at the same time, you know, unless – Again, you were put, putting on Andre Udala out there with Jimmy Butler, and then all of a sudden the offense wasn't great. Yeah. So yeah, this this is the Heat have a lot more uh, two way players. Um, Tyler is better. Um, the development of Gabe, I think the addition of Dwayne Dedman, while it might not seem like much, having a backup center like that, yeah, that the goes to the basket, the and a, backup center yeah, on that team. Yeah. as a rim protector, can rebound. Like the Heat didn't have that as a backup center yeah. those years. Um, so I think that has helped to. Um, yeah, I would say this team is better than that one, but I don't think it's a lot. Like, I think they're pretty comparable, but there are upgrade, like slight upgrades. Yeah, um, that Ty- I think the Tyler well. leap separates it, right? Yeah, yeah. I, although Tyler was great, I mean, he was. I know, I know. But yes, I think Tyler consistently is 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 much better right now, obviously, than he was two years ago. Uh, so, what do you think? Are, are, is this series ending in Philly, or are we getting a game five back here in Miami? I think it depends on the Embiid. Like, yeah, I, I still think even if Embiid doesn't come back. I think Philly still gets one up there. Yeah, Maxie's been so good to me, like yeah. that. I think he can, like he's borderline like elevated into star. It reminds me honestly a little bit of Tyler's rookie year, where it was just like in the playoffs. All of a sudden, people are like, "Oh, this guy's like very good." Yeah, yeah, like gonna be an all star in a year or two. Um, also, they just they've shot the ball so poorly. Like I, I know, know they're not a great shooting team, but they just can't continue to shoot you know, 20% on threes. Yeah. Like you said, like, I look at this roster, I'm like, who's even going to make threes on this team? Danny Green looks so bad tonight. He's been awful all year. One for ten from the field. One for nine on threes. Like, other than Tobias Harris and James Harden, like, Nang is, I guess, a pretty good shooter for a center. But He's like, shooting the ball really poorly. Really badly. Work yeah. on Korkmaz, are you scared of him? Nah, not really. Yeah, like, uh, there's just not a lot... Not a lot of shooting on the roster. They have a lot of centers. Like, and I know I said they have no centers at the top, but like, thinking of Paul Reed, Charles Bassey, Millsap, like, I don't know. We're oddly constructed roster. Yeah, uh, it's constructed around the idea we have Joel Embiid. Embiid, like, right? It would look a lot better if they had him, but but if you have Embiid, you don't need that many centers. I know, I know. But again, they like yeah. some of these. This is all deadline, like the. Simmons the thing, and stuff. Yeah. Trade. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Them trading away Seth Allen in that trade is uh, look. The yep. the bottom line is like the Heater are better. Sorry, Seth, Seth Curry, not Seth Allen. So, the Heater, the Heater not are better team. Maryland shooting guard Seth Allen. There's there's your Maryland reference for this. Yeah, he had a good good after he transferred to Virginia Tech. Actually, I think he might have gotten all like third team All ACC one year there. There you go. <laughs> for those who care, um, <laughs> for for uh, yeah, I was gonna say like the bottom line is. The Sixers are just a better team. I mean, the Sixers, the Heat are the better team. Uh, even with them, even with Embiid healthy, like I thought, the Heat were the better team. 
um, with Embiid yeah. out, it's, yeah, not yeah. Even, it's not even a question. So if Embiid can't come back, this series doesn't, doesn't go past five. If Embiid returns, I, I don't know, maybe six, uh, maybe. But I don't even know how healthy Embiid, you know, how effective Embiid would be in that situation with the finger injury, the face and the facial injury, coming back from a concussion, which, you know, according to a Chris Haynes report, as of yesterday, he was like having trouble looking into his phone still um, because of the bright light. So, mm-hmm. you know, how effective will he be in a couple of days? I, nobody knows until he gets out there. But yeah, I, I don't think this this series shouldn't go past five, in my opinion. Either way, it really shouldn't, and that's good for the Heat because it looks like Milwaukee, Boston. It's gonna be a long series. Yeah, yeah, and that's gonna be a really tough competitive series. They're gonna beat each other up. Two very very good teams. So if the Heat can take care of business, they could have another four or five day break in between series, which would be great for them, especially if Milwaukee, Boston go the distance. Oh, I love Chris Haynes on the sidelines and uh, for the series. I love him like there's like a print guy, and I know he. I think he's technically like he was on a like blogger right up in, right. in Portland. Is how he got started. But I love a, a written word guy when he gets to many of the sidelines. Sidelines, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. It, it, and he's plugged it, in, obviously. Like, yeah, yeah. Not taking sure. away from the other sideline reporters around the league, but yeah, you know, you know, Chris Haynes out there reporting. Is this a shot at George Sedano or something? Or no, I'm kidding. I love George. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been um, it's been interesting to see the national media start to slowly come down here. And like pay more attention to this team. Well, it's just... kind of funny because right, the whole like we talked about it a lot this year. That like the reason that the national meet like the Heat were like kind of this uh, afterthought is there's no drama, right? They were just like kind of doing they were winning yeah. four out of every five games, and uh, Jimmy Butler was having a good year, and Bam was having a good year, and Kyle was having a good year, and and no one was in the MVP race and Tyler Hero locked up six man of the year in a week. And, uh, you know, until Jimmy Butler tried to fight Eric Spolstra, there was no, like, no controversy really. And, and all of a sudden, like we're here again and the heat could get to the conference finals in 10 games with two completely drama free series. And like, you can kind of still ignore the heat because there's like every other series going on is way more interesting yeah, until Joel yeah. Embiid gets back. Uh, not to, not to give out names, I'm not going to do that, but there's one national reporter that I was talking to a few days ago after game one. And he told me, he, he, he spent a lot of time covering the bigger name, like, you know, Brooklyn, Philly, all that stuff mm-hmm. with all the drama going on. He said, I love, like he's, and he's been more embedded with the heat now. I love this. Like they don't say anything. There's no controversy. All they do is I think win. I heard like, this, uh, this person interviewed on another <laughs> podcast the other day and talking about the same thing. So yeah, he's like, this is great. Like there's, there's no, they don't say anything controversial. Like there's, they just win. Like it's, this is, this is awesome. Like it's just such, a, so different from the other, um, you know, the other marquee, big, teams, marquee yeah. teams in the league. Um, it's just a heat team that again, like, they really haven't had, other than the that March, like couple weeks in March, where you know we had this timeout incident between Udonis and Jimmy and Spo. Other than that, like it's been a pretty ho hum season of just like yeah, for teams with Jimmy Butler on it. <laughs> yeah, for sure, right, right. So, um, and that's just continuing the playoffs. It's just been like you said, it, this is not a very interesting series as of right now. Um, it's just been kind of like we said at the top of the episode, the Heat taking care of business and doing what they're supposed to do. Nothing spectacular. It's just what they've 
you know, done pretty much all season. Yeah. Um, all right. I think we can wrap things up there. Um, Anthony, you're headed up, I assume, uh, tomorrow, Thursday, up to Philly? Yes, I'll be in Philly tomorrow. Get some cheesesteaks? Yeah, why not? There you go. Although nothing, nothing can compete with Hungry Bear in Miami. I know I'm going to Philly to home with a cheesesteak. Where is that? I've never had that. You have that. to go to Hungry Bear in Miami, which is on Kendall. Not Kendall, sorry. On 104th and once around 117th across the Miami-Dade community. Well, Miami-Dade College now, I guess it's called. Yeah. Legendary Miami spot. Interesting. You get the Philly cheesesteak with provolone cheese. I know that's kind of like... I'm a provolone cheese guy. I like, I like provolone. You know, cheese whizzes. It is the best cheese steak I've ever eaten. In the heart of Kendall. I'm going to have to try this. You got to like, it's like how we're going to, maybe when the, the heat knocks off the Sixers, that's that's how we can. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll eat some Philly cheese steaks. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Be yeah, like, these, these are way better than Philly cheese steaks. Yeah. yeah. They look pretty good in the pictures I'm looking at. They're really good. I mean, you can have. They the meat the right way. Yes, they, you, sh- you can ask any my true Miamian about Hungry Bear, and they will know immediately what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'll have to go, I'll have to go check this out. These look pretty good. Um, all right, you can follow Anthony on Twitter, at Anthony underscore Chang. He'll be up in Philly eating cheesesteaks that are worse than Hungry Bear cheesesteaks. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at DB Wilson, too. Uh, I am uh, mostly on the Panthers beat, but I am uh, dropping in on some F1 coverage this weekend. Um I was out at the track today, and um, how much experience do you have with that, David? Have you ever covered? Have you covered? I mean, you've covered uh, NASCAR. I watched guys. the Netflix show. That's about it. <laughs> I've heard great things about that Netflix show, but it's yeah, good. that's that's going to be enough. I mean, we don't. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was out there today. I walked. They they did like a tour of the uh, like campus, like the infield, basically. I don't know if that's what you call it in F one. Yeah. I called it my story, um, but you know, they've got like a yacht club, a yacht club. That is uh, fake water. Uh, they just I got heard about boats that. like stuck in like some epoxy yeah. or whatever. Do they know um, that Miami Gardens is like landlocked? Like, do I they know. know that coming? I wrote my story, which is not posted. Right, it'll be yeah. up tomorrow morning around the same time this podcast goes up. Uh, I wrote the same thing. Like, they've kind of tried to put Miami Beach in the middle of Miami Gardens, which is like twenty miles away from Miami Beach. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and kind of talking. Going to different sports now, real quick. The Panthers. Yeah, that was not good. Um, you know, I I think the Caps are they got to win game two. I think if they win game two, they'll be fine. Um, if too not, many penalties, right? Like they were like they got to. Yeah, they kind of uh, they were like kind of chasing the game, right? Like you, you I know they they actually I thought played really well on that penalty kill to start mm-hmm. the game. They obviously give up the goal at the very end of it, but like they just kind of you know they could never get. Settled basically, and I, I think probably wore them out a little bit early on, um, you know. And then they should have won the game though. Still, they yeah had a terrible, terrible yeah. turnover, and then another one more defensive breakdown, and they actually like way outshot them in the second, in the third period, which is you know usually team that gets more shots scores more goals. Um, usually how but, it works. You know, it's like this. Uh, Teams that play this crazy offensive style that traditionally doesn't work in the playoffs. Now the the Panthers are playing offense, have as good an offense as like one of the twenty best offenses in NHL history. So it's like an outlier, but you know they you got to play a little differently when the scoring goes down. So they they got to prove they can do that, right? People are that's what everyone's waiting on. Just brings back I, I they'll probably I, win this series because they're the better team and they're one of the best, but maybe best team in the NHL like as record wise, but. Yeah. 
it just brings back bad memories, right? Like, right. This I mean, is like not I mean, how you like, want to start. That was all my replies. Yeah. Uh, it was just like, same old Panthers. Yeah. And it's hard to, you know, like, I get it, right? Like, Until they win a series, you can't say anything because, yeah. you know, they just haven't been out of the first round in so long, so. Yeah, they they got to win. They got to win game two. And I, I think they'll be fine if they win game two, but um, not not the start they were looking for. It's hockey. Hockey's crazy. I'll say this. If they don't win the first – if they get eliminated in the first round this year, I don't know if anybody will ever trust the Panthers ever again, no matter how good the team is. I know. It's funny. Like, so in the last 20 years, the team with the best record in the league has won one Stanley Cup and lost in the first round uh, four times. That's insane. Like, it happens a lot. And actually, the yeah, last time it happened was that, that Lightning team that uh, got swept out of the first round by Sergei Bobrovsky in the uh, – Blue Jackets, and then they come back and win the next year. But, like, it could happen. Yeah. Like, that would not shock me if that exact scenario played out with this team because the Panthers bring pretty much everyone back next year. But uh, we're, we're but, getting but, too far. But entering next though. year, no one will. Yeah, no one. It's going to be like, same old Panthers. Yeah. No matter how good they are. But, yeah. you know, I, I think we'll see what happens. They should win the series. But, as you said, hockey's random. So, who knows? Yeah. All right, uh, let's wrap things up there. Thanks, as always, for listening, everyone, and we will talk to you guys next week.